gents. What's good, people? It's Reg. It's Stone. And we're out here laying out on the beach. Once again, we've decided to embrace the capitalism, come out with a new product. You know, many of you guys are out there, you know, guys, girls, all in between, you know, going to your festivals. Got your little Coachella look on, black Coachella looking all sexy, you know what I'm saying? Perhaps some rompers, perhaps some sundresses. But what you need is some sunscreen. That's right, black people, we could tan and we could also catch cancer. You all need to be aware. So what we're selling right now is sunscreen. We're going to call it pink sauce sunscreen. <laughs> Made with magical ingredients we won't tell you. You know, 100% non-biodegradable, probably melted plastic, you know what I'm saying? But since everybody is online scamming, we're going to join the same exact thing because capitalism, baby. That's how yeah. we do. Let's go. <laughs> oh, man. What's good, y'all? Um, it's blazing outside. Like, it's 97 degrees in New York City. I feel like everywhere. The Bay's hot. Like, UK's hot. London, it's like 105 right now. Like, uh, I, I don't know how you all are doing it. Y'all have no AC out there. Whew. Penguins right. are out here fucking <laughs> rocking fans and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, the, the global warming is here. Global. So, you know, um, th- that's why you need that sunscreen. Yeah. yeah I mean, true. <laughs> I like the way you brought it back. We're ready for the placement, people. Ready. Orders. We, we, we have. We have. Our lines are open. We're ready to go to ship out. But uh, I guess keep keeping with the with the theme. Uh, there's the hottest new West African festival. You know what I'm saying? Hottest. You know, with some a great African artist that we all know and love, named Vix Menta and Chance the Rapper. <laughs> Uh, long story short, um, God bless their dear little hearts. Uh, Vic Mensa and Chance Rapper announced a concert series in West Africa. It's going to be in Guyana, if I remember correctly. I'll double check. Um, I kind of put it just in that shit and giggles, but ultimately, I'm kind of happy. Um, obviously, the jokes are very easy. Vic Mensa, career kind of here and there. Chance the Rapper. His last one was pretty dope. He's got some some good stuff, hopefully, in the pipeline, but generally kind of mediocre. Sorry, I hate to say that, outside of his mixtape era. But um, I thought it was a cool project. Um, irony is that there's an another well-known African festival by Nyenge Nyenge Tapes. I might be mispronouncing that, which is basically two white guys who went to Africa and basically colonized African music, where they basically resell to indie hipsters. Um I know it's a relatively bubbling up festival, but I always kind of thought it was kind of interesting that, you know, because they've got the resources, because they've got the, you know, ability to kind of go out there and do that, that, you know, there really isn't kind of a festival kind of run there, particularly since they make their bread and butter basically selling African music to the wider indie spectrum. Um, But it's kind of cool that you got these two brothers going out there and doing it. Obviously, you'd hope it'd be more homegrown talents. Um, the jokes are very easy, but you know, power to them. I mean, like I said, it's, if, if you put in the right people, I'd, I'd fly out there and we'll go hang out with Chance and Vic, you know what I'm saying? We could be out there. I don't know what, what, what who are even besides the Chicago, like link, what's there even that demographic is wide and not even, you know what I'm saying? It's weird. So, so, uh, this article in Hypebeast says that Vic Mensa is part, uh, Ghanaian. 
Ah, that's the connection. So that 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 seems to be the connect. Is that um, really parking in or like the twenty one and me, like, you know, forty three point four percent Um you know, I, I I don't really I'm like I'm looking at all these articles and I'm really not seeing oh no, like like Victor uh quasi Mensa is his his government name. That Ghanaian. <laughs> that boy Ghanaian. That little that, quasi. That boy Ghanaian. That boy Ghanaian. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I, I I haven't heard, like, all I see is the same articles in, like, all these publications, and it's all three paragraphs. And it's literally, like, they're just having the festival. Um, you know, I really hope that this festival actually happens, because I think it's really cool, like, there's just like a lot of interesting things happening in Africa right now. And I don't think Americans are as aware. Like, you know, I, I think like people are kind of like, Oh yeah, you know, Afrobeat, maybe they don't, they know like Burner Boy. I know Burner Boy like sold out Madison Square Garden, you know, but like there's a whole like culture and infrastructure, music infrastructure, festival infrastructure out there. That's just like really, um, amazing to see. Um, I follow like a few different African DJs uh, on Instagram, and you know you're talking about a hundred thousand people coming out. Like it's you know Coachella or like you know any type of you know quote unquote Western festival. Um, so you know the infrastructure is there. Um, obviously, you know the music is there. Um, you know I, I I hope it's not vaporware. I, I I hope that you know there's a lineup and there's like you know, a poster, like things like that. Cause I mean, yeah, like, like I think people are willing to travel and you know, if you, if the lineup is dope, I think people would, you know, I know a lot of people who go to Ghana every year. So I know people will like be willing to take that flight. So, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Like I, 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 but I do hope like there's more of a window into, um, Africa, um, that you know between like you know and maybe cross collaboration between like United States and Africa, like I see like you know parts of it with this this whole Afrobeat thing, but like a real true cross collaboration, you know between like the continents. Um, so maybe that'll happen. Maybe this will be kind of the catalyst for it. But um, you know, I, I will also say too, like like I'm, I'm telling you, I'm following some of these DJs in Africa, and like these festivals are like wild. They're like amazing. Um, you know, it's rock, rap, like things like that. And I'm like talking about it like I'm like, oh my God, like these Africans. But I think like America has no idea uh of what's going on over there. Um and I, I, I feel like, you know, maybe this could be like something that can can kind of have like spark that collaboration. Um but I also feel like we don't like Africa doesn't need Vic Mensa and Chance the Rapper. <laughs> <laughs> they got their own stars, their own infrastructure, their own labels, their own like, you know, festivals, like things like that. Um, you know, so on on the flip side, like we don't like they don't need Americans just like coming in, like saying like, hey, guys, this is how we do it. You know, so, um, you know, we'll see. Yeah, no, agreed. I, I think it's it's uh, <laughs> I'm still laughing at Vic Mensa being quote unquote African, but uh, no, I, I think it's important. I think that it's very easy because I kind of made mention of that record label before. I think the issue is that generally it's just like, you know, this idea of people show up and quote unquote discover 
the the things that are happening in Africa, when those things were kind of already there, kind of already pulsating, kind of already pushing the fucking boundaries. I think there's a there's a very real reason why I'd make an argument that as far as dance music is concerned, it definitely feels that, you know, Africa's kind of ahead of that movement. I think a lot of it, sadly enough, is because they've been kind of underestimated and a lot of things have been able to kind of just bubble down there as far as Afrobeat is concerned, as far as Imperico, I always mispronounce that. Imperio, how do you how do you pronounce that? The the basically the the, the African house music that's kind of very distinct with the fucking drums and the guitar. So, like, you know, I, I think it's a great thing. Um, like you said, I hope they don't kind of approach it from, like, you know, the NGO kind of method. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, that's true. But, uh, but yeah, because like I said, it's just there. It's just, uh, like, honestly, all you got to do is give them the exposure. And to be honest with you, like, I've also heard rumblings from Afrobeat arts where it's like, you know, like, fuck y'all. Like, uh, like at the end of the day, you know, they're doing fine without the big, you know, eye of Sauron that is American pop culture, that is European pop culture yeah. kind of on them. And I, I don't blame them and I'm happy for them. And like I said, ultimately, it's our loss. So hopefully, you know, with like, you know, Chance and Mensa going out there and doing this kind of festival, it's a chance for, you know, maybe it'll be on YouTube, you know, if they pull it off, something where a lot of these artists to kind of get that spotlight they deserve, as opposed to doing dope shit, kind of, you know, getting relegated to like the local market because it's not seen as something that's marketable outside. When, like I said, if you take a look at the vibe and what's been happening, you know, there's a reason why, you know, a lot of these artists are kind of crossing over in weird ways and nobody really want to constantly, wants to kind of acknowledge it. And that's because a lot of dope shit is being made there without the same push to commercialize without the same push to kind of get on there for the same push for streaming it's like they're making dope shit for the sake of making dope shit and i think there's a lot of shit that you know we have no idea what's bubbling in there that's dope as fuck so hopefully this kind of helps us set up a, a pipeline without too many gatekeepers so that way you can kind of get come over here get the exposure they need and kind of blow up organically as opposed to like oh well you know drake needs a producer so you know or drake heard an obscure sound when he was chilling in fucking south africa so he's gonna <laughs> sample your shit and you know that's about it hopefully yeah. like you said it's 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 a it's, it's a partnership as opposed to like, hey, we're in Africa. Everybody come fly through and, you know, get your Afropunk, you know, hypebeast selection on. And, oh, look, it's Burner Boy. Oh, look, it's, you know, Wiz Khalifa. It's just like, nah, I, I kind of want to see a mixture of, you know, a melding of the minds per se. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, next up, ah, our favorite company, Spotify. Me and Stone are Spotify lovers, you know what I'm saying? I've got like 5,000 shares of stock, you know what I'm saying? I wear Spotify clothes. My shit is all <laughs> lime green. That's the way I live. Um, long story short, uh, we all remember the, 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 the viral game. Viral game, Wordle, you know what I'm saying? Bought by New York Times. Uh, around that time, there were a lot of fucking similar bite-offs, things didn't go with movies. There was one specifically dealing with musical Hurdle, which is popular, obviously not big as, as big as Wordle, but still popular. And of course, our favorite company, greatest company in the world, you know what I'm saying? Green Gang for Life. Spotify decided to buy it. And uh, I remember initially, there were some like, oh shit, this is kind of weird because this is like a small indie project. It's not that big of a deal. You have this big mega corporation comes with a bag, throws it at a, probably a very small creator and then basically kind of owns it. And immediately they locked out a whole bunch of markets <laughs> once they kind of <laughs> copped it. You know, while they retool and, and looks like their, 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 their ultimate goal is to kind of rework it. 
so it works with playlists and everything else and you know i think it kind of goes back to my point i guess i guess our point before where we're discussing about how you know you've got these things kind of bubbling you know naturally in the underground and then suddenly things kind of come over and take it over and change the nature of it you know obviously you know hurdle is a labor of love people should get paid for the labor a lot of people enjoy it you know props to him he deserves he or she actually say deserves the bag but the issue is the fact of where you know you've got these corporations that kind of effectively buy up this product and did it kind of uses to leverage more capitalism or lock people out and yada 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 so i think in general who knows where these things will go but i do know just traditionally they're bad nobody really cares about a wordle bite off called hurdle that's very true but i would say that in general this consolidation is never really that great big or small I mean, you could make the argument that, you know, Facebook buying Instagram years ago, nobody really cared because Instagram back then was just about posting, you know, thought pics and saying that you were on the beach. But now it's a fucking major platform with major influencers and billions of dollars flowing in and out of it. So I think there's that issue of ultimately we kind of have to, you know, keep an eye on these big dog fucking media conglomerates just because when they buy up the small creators, they don't have the chance to glow up and change things up and yada, yada, yada. Particularly since they tend to buy them not to necessarily like keep out of their pockets and to kind of let them grow organically, but on some like weird blob absorption shit. That's all. That's my rant. Yeah. And I think this acquisition was basically Spotify saying like, oh man, I wish we would have thought of that. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. Because um, like Spotify is like trying to do like beat everything in your life, basically. Like, you yeah. know, like the podcast, music, you know, now they're trying to get in the games. There's like this whole rumor that like if the, the Elon deal falls through, like Spotify might like roll in on Twitter, you know, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's just like the nature of the beast, unfortunately. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't know, like, like I, I feel the same way. It's like you create this cool thing, like get that bag, you know, um, but on the, on the flip. Yeah. Like, you know, there's people who've, who've created cool things and they've gotten bought out by big corporations. And, you know, once that happens, you basically like, that's it. Like, you know, what you created gets changed, dumbed down, or like, you know, repurposing this thing that you, that, that you don't even, you know, like the, like this not familiar to you anymore as a creator. So, um, I think it has ups and downs it has, it, there's, you know, pluses and minuses to the whole idea of like selling out to the man um you know like like hurdle i thought was like a really cool game it wasn't a game like i use like every day i think like that whole thing started to, to die down <laughs> you know like all that buzz um and but i thought it was like super unique and i'm like oh shit i wish i would have created that like dead ass like that's amazing you know um but you know having that said i feel like it's uh I think you're right though. Like, 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 you know, Spotify owns everything in relation to audio, right? Like they just like shuts out so many different smaller players. And there's just like a lot of people who, you know, who might've had ambitions to, to be or a hurdle or like whatever, um, that just can't compete, you know? So I think that's like the, the downside of it for sure. So, yeah, no, it's, it's it's the idea of where, I mean, nobody's really going to cry over hurdle, but it's just the general behavior of where, 
you know, like I said, we, we discussed it from the idea of like these festivals overseas. So that cracked the NGO joke to just, you know, like an indie rock band or just even like a word culture or subculture where suddenly the A&R swoop in is that you kind of have to let things grow organically. And the problem with these big corporate entities is that at the end of the day, they only care about their bag. And so if it's just a matter of buying something just to kill it because that serves their bag better, they'll do it. And I think the bigger issue there is kind of, you know, again, nobody really cares about this small thing, but it's kind of also when you look at what Spotify is doing as far as podcasting is concerned, when you look at how they kind of treated the whole Joe Rogan incident as far as where they are suddenly, you know, we're just kind of here for quote unquote free speech. And it kind of gets the same exact issue of where, hey, look at these big entities kind of overreaching and kind of eating everything up. And what does that ultimately lead us? And like I said, it's just, you know, as, as I said before, me and Stone, huge Spotify fans, you know, we're saying this out of love. <clears throat> <laughs> but, you know, it's at the end of the day, I think it's just, you know, as usual, media consolidation is really bad. And this is kind of an example. Is it a big example? No. But, you know, there's no reason why they had to buy, you know, Hurdle, except they wanted something cool. And I think that's just unfortunate. Um, yeah. I'm going to bleed into this one only because I realized it broke Regent Stone rule number 86 which is thou shall not ever speak of kanye <laughs> so i'm going to try to refocus on this uh long story short a certain individual was invited to go play this uh rap festival aka the feds called rolling loud that individual did not want to play because he's got a friend called travis scott who's currently you know his reputation has taken a little hit because you know kind of hard to come back when a couple of people die at your concerts um, as a result, apparently, uh, the feds, <clears throat> I mean, rolling loud said that they can't do that. You know, you really can't bring out Travis Scott because it's not a good look and you know, blah, 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 the venue insurers, whatever, whatever, whatever. As a result, that individual dropped out. They had a kid Cudi who he had a personal falling out with played the headlining stage. Two things happened this weekend, which, you know, basically the feds won. First thing was the fact that Cudi shows up on stage and obviously a fan base that expected to pay to see Kanye West and were faced with a plan B that's publicly beefing with the idol they bought tickets for. Surprise, surprise, they started throwing things at him. Um, I think people who are surprised at this underestimate two things. One, how shitty the Rolling Loud crowd is in general. True. <laughs> and two, just constant behavior period i mean it's not the first time i've seen i've seen spectacular acts get booed just because it was the wrong time and the wrong vibe and i think that you know in hindsight it just looked really shitty because i was like damn they kind of set him up to fail and then the irony of it is you know you had a future you know come out and bring travis scott out anyway so you know that was a moot point and you had that happen and then on top of that, you had Little Dirk right around the time Kid Cudi was doing it, brought out Kanye West. So once again, and the thing is, is this, right? Going back to, uh, actually, shit, I'm just going to just nail all entities. Going back to the point we were saying before, the problem here isn't necessarily all these little rappers playing, you know, as, as the hip hop turns, is the idea of if you're running a business, you have a certain responsibility. And I do think it's kind of fucked up where you have all this drama happening and it's, and it's drama for the blogs and everybody else, but it's really fucked up. And at the end of the day, it's a negativity. It's something that kind of builds up this rolling loud brand, which has been problematic in the past, not problematic in the way you would expect, but problematic where literally cops is outside fucking waiting to arrest rappers inside. <laughs> And, you know, you know, canceling acts based on NYPD, uh, a lot of acts got arrested in Florida. It's just that, you know, 
it just sucks where you've got these outside forces, you know, quote unquote, for the culture, but have nothing to do with the culture and not feeding off the culture and not feeding off the beefs in the culture. So, yeah. So this is just a terrible example of like fucking, you know, these outside organizations kind of coming into like a subgenre or a subculture and fucking shit up because none of this had to happen. You know, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, if you book an act, let him play, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it, we just kind of end up things kind of getting drowned out. And I think that the talk is going to be about the critical beefs between all these rappers. But at the end of the day, it's still a professional business. There's still millions of dollars being made that day. And it's kind of disheartening where, you know, it's paid up for beef on one end, but at the end of the day, it's just, you know, millions of dollars. I think who owns fucking Rolling Loud? I'll, I'll look up in a second. But, you know, millions of dollars going into a corporate entity, literally fucking making their money off stupid shit. Yeah, I, I will say that I, I don't know if I can. <laughs> I mean, I guess I want to take the side of a corporate entity. <laughs> I don't know who owns Rolling Loud, if it's like <laughs> Russian oligarchs or, you know, Bitcoin thousandaires, no, no more millionaires. But I, I, I will say that, like, I can see not inviting Travis Scott just because, you know, at the end of the day, your festival has insurance and insurers. And, like, Travis Scott is probably, like, the most toxic brand to a festival right now. And, unfortunately, you probably have to make that decision. And is it the right decision? you know I, I you know to, to listen to insurance you know like <laughs> old white guys in suits as opposed to like your audience i don't know um but i'm not surprised that decision was made also to like booking kanye west i mean he already canceled coachella like i mean he always was going to be a wild card so like why even invest the time and effort <laughs> to book kanye yeah. Um, I, I just feel like there's so many other artists out there that could have headlined and and just like also put on like a, a decent show. And I, you know, cool. Kanye's, you know, great, I guess. But um, is it is it even worth the drama? Um, you know, are you are you by not booking Kanye? Are you like foregoing any ticket sales? Like, really? Um but having that said, the Cuddy headlining slot was probably a huge miss. Um, you know, like, Tyler the Creator did this with Drake, right? And Drake came out to uh, Flogna and got booed. Um, you know, unfortunately, you just have these fans who are just assholes. And they know that if they boo and throw enough stuff, that, like, making an a, a artist like Cuddy, like, leave the stage... Is like such a, a, a huge moment for them. Um, Cuddy and Kanye have beef, like you were saying, um, and, and and Cuddy is just like not, I, you know. I, I I'm sure like I don't know. I, I sometimes I feel like Cuddy is not like like headliner material. Sometimes you know, yeah, in terms he's, of just he, like the vibe. He's um, a cult artist. He's he's a very popular cult artist, but it's a lot. You know, a city, an arena or a stadium requires a lot of energy, a lot of theatrics, and I I think that's kind of anti Cuddy if you think about it. Yeah, and like I I I I feel like Cuddy is just not the Rolling Loud fan base. I I mean I, I almost feel like Kanye sometimes is not the Rolling Loud fan base, or even like Kendrick Lamar. But I think they're so iconic that um, there's like a Venn diagram between like people who like you know like Uzi Vert. <laughs> <laughs> people who like you know like Kanye uh, or Kendrick Lamar um but yeah it's just like fails all around um this this festival has always been a shit show um 
<laughs> obviously it's popular. There's a New York session and the Miami session. Um, so people will still come and, and people will still like, like do this, but, um, I don't know, man. Like sometimes you have to read the room, um, and kind of, <laughs> you know, like sometimes you need a no man. This is probably like a yes man, a table of yes men, and like you need a no man to be like, no, 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 yeah, <laughs> that's no, a absolutely. bad idea. <laughs> and and then, uh, I did a little research in the background because obviously, as a well, you know, well honed podcast, we do our research beforehand. But uh, <laughs> it looks like uh, it's uh, two individuals of a certain persuasion, certain skin color, which I won't mention, but you kind of guess who they are. Uh, they they claim to be the co-owners, but like I said, for a, a, a concert at that scale, is very interesting for them to be like, is this us? I do see a lot of interesting, like, oh, we're gonna go for Live Nation, we're gonna go for Live Nation. So I'm pretty sure if we kind of dig a little in the little bit in the back end, you know, it might have been thought of them initially, but I'm pretty sure somebody's bringing really big bags. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because <laughs> you aren't for getting sure. a whole bunch of rappers on stage on the cheap. So I'm assuming it's probably them with a heavy backing of Live Nation. Um, at the end of the day, so I, you know, as as you should, like I don't know. I mean, I don't know how some of these festivals get funded, but I'm like, you know, if you're rich, you should be smart enough to not write your own checks. <laughs> very true. <laughs> very, very, very true. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I hopefully, like, y'all are not surprised by that. Hopefully, you're like not surprised. Like, oh my god, I thought I thought I was like owned by like. You know, Excitation <laughs> <laughs> and Lil Pump. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I hope you're not surprised. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> but uh, our final, our favorite category. You know, not not as favorite as our Spotify category. From now on, by the way, every we'll have a Spotify, Spotify branded content. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll just pick up the Joe Rogan podcast but uh our favorite part new music new music all right so I got a bone to pick with uh Mr. Steve Lacey so Steve Lacey young guitarist talented songwriter you know definitely one of the major members in the internet one of I think is fair to say between me and New Stone no snark no jokey one of our favorite R&B acts like working today yeah yeah. Uh, he's like very creative and yeah. you know he, he he does a lot of cool things for sure. well the internet i'm saying the internet i'm saying in general oh the internet oh yeah, inter- oh, yeah. yeah internet yeah, yeah yeah one of our yeah, favorite yeah. live acts so oh yeah for um sure. you know so all their solo works we kind of pay attention to um sid does solid work you know obviously i like a little more organic work in in, in the internet but you know the thing she's doing with modern r&b very dope and um steve lacy dropped a solo album called apollo i forget what it's apollo 13 forget the name of it um and it sounded, I'll be honest with you, very fucking mid. And to me, it kind of made sense because, you know, he's somebody where post the internet has been doing a lot of interesting things as far as uh, basically like, you know, as far as songwriting of like Vampire Weekend, as far as doing other songwriting credits. So when I heard the Apollo album, I was like, all right, I see, a, I hear a lot of what I like about him, but here it kind of sounds like, you know, scraps, like leftovers. Like, it sounded like an album where, like, back in the 70s, you'd have these bands who would kind of get this huge fucking, you know, huge bag to record an album, and they would blow it on drugs and fucking hotels, and they would have to rush together to put <laughs> something for the products out. And that's what it sounded like. Um, 
Somehow during the pandemic, he dropped a record called, I think the low fives was basically like a lot of his uh, YouTube demos, a lot of his YouTube demos, a lot of SoundCloud demos, Maybe things like that. And that's nose. actually kind of reminds you a lot Spend of what made him kind of attractive to me as a fan of what he could do. And so he dropped a record called Gemini Rights. First of all, you know, side you note, Gemini's have no rights, they're terrible people. Let that be noted the on the record. <laughs> but this gemini i don't know bruh like i think he needs to go out there and contact you know our favorite spotify and apple music and kind of get that first record stricken off the record because this is what i was kind of looking for like it's just really 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 dope if you're a fan of the internet i would just highly suggest you check it out it's just a really well put together album Reminded me, and I know I hate doing the compare and contrast because that's really lazy songwriting. I mean, lazy writing in general, I should say. But um, it reminded me a lot of Miguel, like Prime Miguel. Like it's, it's just okay. really good, pretty guitar work, dope beats, really good melodies. It's, it's just a really great R&B album. So I'm kind of like I'm happy and I'm also surprised because, like I said, it's he's somebody where I was always attracted to his work and I knew he had it in him. That first record was kind of a disappointment, which, again, I'm going to be like, oh, it was trash. It was just all right. But it's something I expected better from. And so to kind of have him come out there and kind of knock it out the way he did. I mean, I just think it's fucking fantastic. I think it's like, you know, it's cool kind of having, you know, and I and I and between, I guess, between me and you, me and you and the listeners, it's been a very weird year for R&B. Um, you had like Raven Lene kind of broke out. You've had a couple of records, but I, I really haven't had anything that kind of sticks to the teeth. Mm. And I think f- this is the first one this year where I was like, oh shit. I was like, this is really dope. So props to, you know, Steve Lacey. Cool, cool. Mm. Um, I guess I will continue. Um, last one is Flo Millie. Um, title of the Shakespearean, You Still Here, comma, Ho. <laughs> um, Flo Millie, West Coast rapper, hardcore spitter. Um, her first record I liked a lot. This one is very interesting because it's still the same Flo Millie, but she's definitely upped her. Because I think she was always a dope MC. She's somebody where I don't know if she was a battle rapper per se, but she definitely has like a certain kind of presence that kind of leads to it. And what's cool about that is she kind of bounces that off of like an almost valley girl Barbie presence. So it reminds me a lot of the comedian Z-Way, where it's very much like, you know, Black black Valley Girl, but with, like Flo Millie has a certain heavy hood element behind it. So it was like somebody will fuck you up and then go to Sephora and still like fucking makeup afterwards. <laughs> but, uh, but like I said, it's the first record was very fucking, it, it showed that she was a force, just ripping fucking shit talk of a great beat. If you still hear, hear her, you could tell she's upped her barrage and she's doing even better with the flows. So there's one song where basically she does uh, Zebra Cats and Marie, but it's just like she does a little flip the same exact flow, and then under it she does like a little African bambada. And you can just see that she's kind of becoming more of a queen of the game, and kind of just trying different things, and you know, there's, there's songs here that are a little bit more like art, like, I can't say R&B, but a little bit slower. There's songs that kind of bounce. Her first record was just definitely like a, a barrage of like, you know, hard-hitting, trap to like electronic hip-hop beats it's kind of like here it is his his i'm just giving you these 32 bars straight this one breathes a little bit more but also at the same time kind of showcases her as a better rapper in general and it's going to be fascinating to see how she kind of pivots from here because she's somebody where like shit hmm. i'm gonna say i'm not gonna say and I, again i hate to compare and contrast 
I'm going to say she's the best of the new school, like MCs that are coming out, but she reminds me a lot of the baby, you know, rest in peace, 2021. <laughs> Just because you've got somebody who's spitting really hard over really good beats, but you wonder what would happen if somebody gave them great beats and a chance to song right over them, so it's not just them spitting bars. There's a there's a definitely a chance of greatness here. So it's gonna be interesting interesting to see how she grows, but definitely a really really good record. And I think her first, you know how it is. The first one was a quote unquote mixtape. This is her quote unquote debut album. Still the same shit, but she's definitely a fucking force, and she's still young. So that's why it's even doubly scary. Word, word. I I will uh, definitely check it out. And be noted, Flo Millie from Alabama, fam. Oh shit! We out here. Oh, we out here. See, I pulled the New York. I was like, you know, you... she's from somewhere. <laughs> somewhere, not New York. She's from the West Coast. West Coast, somewhere. <laughs> if it's not Atlanta, I don't know where she is. A- a- yeah, I was gonna say, at least say Atlanta, fam. At least say Atlanta. <laughs> um, no, I-, I will definitely check that out. Um, like Flo Millie, like her first, he- her debut was just like so unique, and I, I think like her style and her, her her cadence is super unique and i've heard a lot of good things about this album so i'll definitely check it out Ooh. um so i got i have two for you and i i will say like they're kind of the r&b rain realm um i'll start with orion sun um the getaway ep so orion sun uh i think originally from philly now lives in brooklyn like we all do uh, <laughs> we somehow still person. afford this rent <laughs> <laughs> But um, I don't know, like I, I feel like there's a lot of really interesting kind of things happening in this kind of black singer songwriter world, and I don't like want to like compare. Um, but I'm just like seeing a lot of like a lot of really interesting things. It's kind of like the brothers and sisters of a of, of a Steve Lacey in a lot of ways. Whether there's a lot of acoustic guitar, but then there's a lot of beat making, and there's like combinations of different things could be like oh like you know kind of a, a a rap beat but then you're like also playing guitar over it um and i'm just like seeing a lot of this kind of emerge and it's really cool to see orion sun is kind of like the same way where she combines a lot of different styles and a lot of different things very low-key a little bit more you know like i was i was talking to somebody i was like oh yeah you know kind of in the vein of like a arlo parks or something like that but way more i think hip-hop influenced you can kind of tell she's like east coast hip-hop because there's a lot of kind of like beats beat work in there um there's a lot of r&b in there um and it's like you know she's a queer artist um and the, but it's really interesting because it's very much like a um kind of like wonderlust album where it's just kind of like um i i'm in love and i want you to love me back like unrequited love like um and it's kind of it's kind of summery in that way even though i think the beats are a little bit more like fall winter <laughs> if that makes any sense um but the lyrics are very much kind of like hey like you know i just want to dance with you or like i think about you all the time like do you think about me like um, and I thought that was like really cool, um, and like I said, like the the actual um, production, which I think she does most of her production, like the actual production is actually very unique and kind of you know definitely in that R and B world, but um, you know I wouldn't say experimental, but plays with a lot of experimental elements, but it's still kind of accessible, 
whereas there's some R and B that's that's kind of like very like experimental where um you know like I I, I could play this for like you know a family member and they'll be like oh, okay this is kind of cool you know that 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 type of accessibility but not like in a way that's like super pop like a Lizzo right it's it's still kind of like Brooklyn you know um but but yeah like I, I really enjoyed it um, called the Getaway EP um and, and just like really kind of really like want to hear more from this artist for sure um and then on the flip side you have Yaya Bay also from Brooklyn um, holler <laughs> and basically like her, her her whole album is just like fuck all of this shit <laughs> <laughs> um she had a band camp feature and the title was Yaya Bay is done with misogyny um and this album called follow your north star is basically a breakup album like she was like kind of recording this album and like while she was breaking up with her boyfriend that was also her manager so there's a lot of that energy there um and it sucks like i i <laughs> it's it really sucks sometimes sometimes artists because like i feel like pain brings you the the best album sometimes but then you have to go through that pain <laughs> right yeah, yeah no it's 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 tough because it, as somebody who you know we, we both dabble in writing we, you need that base yeah it's hard to grab things with an air and not to be funny you know that 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 argument just got off the phone five minutes ago it's very prime <laughs> for fucking writing <laughs> yeah yeah so like and that's kind of what this album is it's very in your face it's very much like you know kind of a kind of a you know fuck you album um but it's not like it doesn't directly say that i mean there's some songs that are just like literally like why don't you want me why don't you want this pussy you know <laughs> um but i don't know like it <laughs> what's up which is real it's something yeah. it's like yeah. it's, it's, it's like fuck you fuck you but i'm still quiet with my self-esteem why don't you just i'm still cool yeah <laughs> and there's a lot of that um but i think what what really is cool about this album is like it plays around with like a lot of different production styles and it's very cohesive but it's not like i feel like there is a kind of a r&b revival but I, i've always felt like R&B is a little bit boring sometimes because it hits the same notes. Whereas I think Yaya Bay and the production style like like goes in a lot of different places. Uh, she kind of touches on some like maybe Steve Lacey esque vibes, but then she like will do a reggae song. Um, she'll do some Afrobeat, but it it's not like you know kind of Drake Afrobeat. Like it, it's a very like cool way that um, uh, that production was flipped. And that was by uh, Native Son out of DC. What, what? Um, Holler. <laughs> but I, I think the production here is like super unique. I think, you know, just like the rawness of the album um, it is like super unique. Um, she says that she's not going to do an album like this ever again. Like, hopefully, you know, I want her to find love. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, obviously, this album was kind of a catharsis for her. Uh, but I keep going back to it. I, I think it's like it's got a lot of great tracks on here, um, and you know it's, it's very much like um, a black woman kind of standing up for her own and, and standing up for herself, and like you know, kind of like you can tell there's like tiredness, 
in her voice sometimes, which I think it's just kind of not even like in this is before I actually read the article and, and knew it was about like the boyfriend, ex, ex-boyfriend manager, like whatever. Um, so I, I think it's it's definitely like an album that I keep going back to because I'm just like, it's just very well produced. And also too, like even though it's in that R&B, R, quote unquote R&B vein, like it's it's hitting different notes, you know, it's going different places. But it's still kind of like, you know, you can play this after Ari Linux or a hotels or like things like that. And it'll still kind of blend in um, for sure. So uh, t- check it out. Like I, I, I was looking at the streams and they're really low. Like you got to get Yaya streams up because um, I definitely feel like this is a, the start of a, a very interesting. Like if she keeps up this this kind of like, you know, these production choices and things like that, like. I definitely feel like she can carve a name out for herself, um, you know. Um, and I think like, uh, like somebody said, to, like to check out her 2016 album, um, which is I, I think like supposed to be kind of a little bit more singer songwritery. Um, but I'm hoping this can be her breakout album um, for sure, and I'm I'm ready to hear more for sure. Yeah, no, it's it's it, I'm one of the people who owe her a stream. <laughs> I've, I've heard a lot about the record. I haven't had a chance. It's I've got it's it's on my list, so I plan on giving it a listen. And like everybody I know who's like like heard about it is like they they say it's very solid. And like I haven't had a chance. And plus, I always kind of find it interesting to see like an artist kind of trying to refine their sound after a certain period of time. Because I know her story with the fact of where her career is going one way, and then this whole like manager boyfriend thing. So she's kind of trying to refigure out life. And you know, like you said, it's it's not. I don't think it necessarily has to be negative, but it's always fascinating to kind of see artists processing what's happening in their life through their art so it's it's, it's i you know it's kind of like it's almost like i don't want to say like a like reading somebody's group like a bi- um diary but it's almost like when you have those like oral histories where yeah. it's like this shit was happening and it's like oh this kind of blows your mind what kind of went behind the songwriting so definitely looking forward to it um and i think that's it for us um as we close out i would like to say once again Ridge and stone's pink sauce sunscreen you know what i'm saying <laughs> only 59.99 made of twigs and berries and all important things that will probably quickly biodegrade or perhaps burn down your house but you'll be protected and will be paid mm-hmm. and that's all that matters <laughs> <laughs> as usual we love y'all i would stay say safe uh, i would say say safe but motherfuckers stay cool <laughs> hydrate you Yo. know what i'm saying just take I care mean, of and, yourselves and, and stay safe too, because mon- monkeypox is out there. <laughs> don't, 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 don't put that that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> y'all thought y'all were gonna be outside this summer. <laughs> I'm just gonna have. I'm just gonna call my weed dealer and be like, "Yo, get me some sour diesel. Get me uh, two COVIDs and one monkeypox vaccine." <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to do distribution. I would agree. I would, you know, they come out there very friendly. They'd be like, "Hey, I'm sorry, I heard you sick." You know what I'm saying? It'd be. I think we really underestimate just how friendly drug dealers are. I think it's yeah. something. Customer service. I know you sometimes. You know, you gotta wait a little extra thirty minutes to an hour to five. But one day show up, very personable people. Very, very <laughs> underrated their customer service skills. I feel that you know the TVs and the movies do them a disservice. Honestly, true, yeah. true. But um, <laughs> like we said. Stay cool, stay safe, and support your local drug dealers. Peace. Peace.